If you'll take out your copy of God's Word, so great. Uh, wow, what a great morning. Baby dedications and smack. Thank you to all of the leaders. Thank you, parents that are raising a generation that is reclaiming the arts. Thank you, uh, leadership. Just uh, appreciate all that is go- going on. I, I have called this place for years the New York City of Ministry. Drive by, drive by this, I dare you, drive by the building. Cut by this building any day, even like Saturday morning, Friday night, there's always something going on. Lives are being uh, impacted for Jesus, and we're so thankful to be a part of it. Isaiah chapter 45, um, as we continue with our, our series on Formed, and let me mention this, um, we've, had, we've had way too many funerals around this place lately, and um, this, this week continues with the, with the King funeral, and then uh, Pastor Phil Bennett, many of you know our prayer and congregational care pra- pastor for 20 years, um, and both of those services are going to be here at Multiply Church in Suite 15. We're waiting on a couple of final details and arrangements, and we'll get that information out to you, but I encourage you to be a part of those to support the family and to honor these amazing lives um, uh, th- this week. I want to wanna preach uh, to us today. I want to I preach trust, trust the process. Trust the process. And I, I couldn't help but smiling as we were singing this morning, as we were singing the, the first song. Look, I just got to tell you, I believe in breakthrough. Amen. Let's just, let's just say that. Like breakthrough is in the word of God. That's why we sing about it. That's why we preach about it. That's why we pray for miracles every week. Like breakthrough. I love I loved to preach breakthrough. I love to sing breakthrough and those, those, when the walls come crashing down. So the Israelites marched around the, the city of Jericho for uh, six days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times on the seventh day and they shouted and all those walls that were built up over hundreds of years came crashing down in a moment. And that's the kind of God that we serve. Sometimes he can wipe away all your, all of that junk and layers of stuff in your life that have taken years to build up. He can give you a breakthrough and he can come crashing down in a moment. And so we sing about that breakthrough on the seventh time around on the seventh day, but we don't often, we don't often sing about, about the process. Did you notice that? You know, see, I'm going to have to work with you a little bit because it's this kind of message. I don't get the amens. Y'all shouted on breakthrough, but I don't get any amens on the process. (laughs) Thank you. You know, we sing at the beginning, process in my spirit, process in my mind, process in my marriage, process. Like, what what do we sing? We sing breakthrough. Breakthrough, but we didn't sing about process. Pastor Adam, change it to process. We'll see how many, how many people are jumping because it's, but it's in the, it's in, sometimes it's in the, it's in the process. Come on, tell the person on your right, tell them, trust the process. Tell them, tell the person on your left, say, trust the process. Our God is a God of breakthrough, but he's also a God of process. David slings the stone. Stone hits the giant. And in one moment, in one moment, God can do things in your life that you can't do over, the, over a lifetime. The giant hits the ground. But there was a whole lot of years where David was in a hidden shepherd's field taking care of sheep when nobody even knew his name, his own father overlooked him, his brothers despised it. We didn't sing about that. 
but there is a process. Come on, so I, need you to, I need you to get that. Say, trust the process. We've got to trust the process. There is the ultimate breakthrough, but there's also a process. And if we don't see the God in the process, then we'll end up living for the, from, from like spiritual mountaintop to spiritual mountaintop. And we miss that God is in the valley. We miss God in the every day. We miss God when the baby is up. Like, like we, we celebrate the this. Chelsea, but when you're up at two in the morning, <laughs> process, process. Isaiah chapter 45, verse nine, this is our, our theme scripture, says, woe to him who strives with him who formed him. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Next, next week, uh, we're gonna talk about the formation, God's formation of his people in the area of sexuality, I encourage you to be here. It's going to be a love-filled, grace-filled, hope-filled, truth-filled word. And we're going to walk. We're just going to teach why we need to trust the process of God's formation of our sexuality. It's a message that our culture needs to hear. Amen. But today, trust the, trust the process. So in the formation of, of pottery in this process, there's several things that go on. The first thing that goes on is a, is a shaking. So I told you that Pastor John, our lead pastor at our Center City location, he's been doing the, taking these pottery classes. So every week I've been talking to him, and he's been teaching me um, about, the, about the process of, of formation. And by the way, like I've just been, I haven't, you know, I told you about the ashtray that I made in fourth grade. That's the only pottery that I'm aware of that, that, that I made. Maybe something at VBS sometime, a mug or, or something, but I've never sat down at a wheel. Pastor Bill uh, has done it. He, he, he can do this whole process. I probably should have had him up on stage. But this is what I've found in just like transferring clay from one thing. It's messy. Like it's the process, the process is messy. I just want you to know that you've come to a church full of people who are white hot messes for Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Like, I hope you never feel bad about bringing your mess into church with you. This is not a church that expects you to check your mess at the door and you got to walk in here all prim and proper and having it all together. Jesus takes us just the way we are. And so you can come and bring anybody in your life that is a mess and we will be messes for Jesus together. Come on, can you say amen? But in in this process, in this process. So uh, Pastor John, one of the things that he did is he was teaching his boys about the formation of clay, but he didn't want to just bring them into the studio and start out with the clay on the potter's wheel. He wanted to start out and show them how the actual process of getting to the formation. See, we, most of us, uh, even probably, probably, Pastor Bill, I didn't talk to you about this, but probably uh, you buy your clay or when you go into, into the studio, like the clay is already there. And so we think, we think that God starts here, but God doesn't start there. There's even a process to get you to a, uh, unmold, or to a moldable just lump right here, and, it, and this is what it looks like. So if you would, and any, of, any of you can do this, you can go outside in your backyard and get you a shovel full of red K 
Carolina clay. Now we haven't had rain in a little while, so it'll take you 45 minutes to get one shovel of dirt. If you've ever tried to plant a tree in summer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you get that shovel full of dirt and you put it in a bucket or you put something, put a lid on it, and there's clay in there. We know that around here, especially there's that clay in there, but it's not just clay. And you need, in order to form a good vessel, you need pure clay. But in here, there's dirt and there's stones and there's all kinds of junk that God has to get rid of. And so this is a, this is a process. And so the first part of the process is that you have to undergo a shaking. And what happens in the shaking is that the clay, the material that God can use to form what God wants to form out of your life begins to rise to the surface. But watch this. This is what Pastor John told me. You got to move quickly because the clay rises to the surface. You got about five seconds to scoop off the clay because the clay has a tendency to settle. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about my life, and I was thinking about your life, and I was thinking about how in life we have a tendency to settle. We have a tendency to settle. Like when we started out in marriage, we had these grandiose visions of every day is going to be like a honeymoon, and then life happened. And in our marriage, we have a tendency to settle. I was thinking about how at the beginning of the 30 days when we're in the Word every day and we're being formed by the Word of God, like my intentions were every day, but then I skipped one day, and then one day turned into two days, and we have a tendency to to settle. I was thinking about how that we'll preach messages and we'll read in the word of God that God has a plan for us and a purpose for us. And it's not just to sit on a seat or a pew, but it's to be active and involved in ministry. But then we look at our own lives and see our flaws and our failures, and we just stay stuck and we don't get involved in ministry and we have a tendency to settle. So what I got to preach to you is that God loves you so much that sometimes he will shake you, but the shaking in your life is he doesn't wants you to settle. I thought that would get a few more amens than I. I mean, I understand the process. I had a, had a couple uh, that I was talking to, an engaged couple, and the, the rock stars. And um, she said to me, she said, a couple years ago, I made a list of the qualities that I wanted in the man of God that I was going to marry. And he checks all the boxes. And then, then she said this. She said, I'm so glad I didn't settle. Can I tell you, don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. But God will use, he uses this. He uses the shaking. How many of you know that 2020 was the year of Jerry Lee Lewis? There was a whole lot of shaking going on. Like that's just what God was doing. God was shit in 20, like this, what that was a year of, of shaking. In fact, the Bible says this in, in the, in the book of Hebrews. I think this, this may have been the theme scripture for 2020, Hebrews 12, 26 and 27. At that time, his, vo- his voice, his voice, whose voice? It's, God, it's God's voice, right? Not all of the shaking in your life is the work of the enemy. Sometimes the shaking that you're experiencing, sometimes sometimes God has to shake up his church. 
Because he knows that there is more for us. He knows there's lost souls. He knows there's more breakthroughs. He knows there are more miracles and things in our life for us to go through. And so he's got to shake us. These aren't my words. It's God's words. It's at that time, God's voice shook the earth. But now he promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but heaven as well. Do you see that? God is shaking not only the things that are earthly things, but he's shaking the things that are heavenly things. Why? Because there are things that have stuck to you in the old season that are not going to serve you well in your new season. So God cares so much about you that he had to shake you so that you will leave that stuff behind to get you into a form of clay that he can mold, that he can use. I'm telling you, I'm preaching this to somebody today. God was in the shaking. I know it's not easy. I know that's not hard. I know some of you were in the middle of the shaking right now. And on January 1st, you were celebrating because you're like the year of shaking was over and the shaking, it just feels, it feels like the shaking just started But God, the reason God is shaking you is because he doesn't want you to settle. He doesn't want you to settle. And he's shaking some things loose from you. And when you go through a season of shaking, sometimes it feels like a season of loss. And you ask God for more, and you're ending up with less, and you're saying, God, what in the world's going on? Come on, have you been there? We've all been there. God, I'm praying for increase. And God says, yeah, I want to increase. But there's a shaking. And there's not more orders in the business. There's less. And the supply chain is what's going on. That's the answer to everything right now, right? (laughs) Why can't you find supply chain? That's going to be my answer. When Pastor, why is it supply chain? (laughs) <laughs> so okay supply check but God shakes but the Bible says this the words once more Hebrews twelve twenty seven. the words once more signify the removal of what can be shaken that is the created things so that the so that the unshakable I know you've been shaken No, you have. But what's in you, it's unshakable. What's in you is unshakable. I know walking through what you walked through wasn't fun. I know you wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but what is in you is unshakable. What is in you is stronger than you think it is. What is in you is more pure than you think it is. The fortitude of your life has grown. See, in the process, we have to trust the process in the shaking. God is removing things in your life that will hold you down and hold you back. In the process, they're shaking, and then... And then in the process, there's second step is pressing. Or they, call it, they call it wedging. So, so you take this, this lump of clay and it looks like, okay, all right, potter. All right, God, I'm, re- I'm ready. Here, here I am. God, use me. 
God, I want increase in my life. God, I want blessing in my life. And God says, that's, that's awesome. We're going to put you down on the altar. We're going to form you. Soap method, reading your Bible every day. And we say, God, can you just fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit? And God says, yeah. And then God starts to do, and I'm going to look weak here, Aaron. But the problem is, is that I realized I don't have leverage. So I need a stool to be able to have some leverage here. There's a reason that I can't fully press down on this clay. But there's a, there's a process. There's a reason for this. I know this piece of clay looks super solid, but it's not. It's not. In this clay are actually air bubbles, right? And the potter, a good potter knows if the potter would skip the process and shape this into a vessel when this pot went into the kiln, and the fire came upon it if there were air bubbles in it. When it got exposed to heat and when it got exposed to pressure, it would crack because, because here's the word, it doesn't have integrity. It doesn't have structural integrity. So now watch this. Why is the process important? Because God cares more about what's inside of you sometimes than what the show that we put on the outside. So yes, God wants to form you into something beautiful, but he wants wants your internal integrity to be able to keep you to the places that your talent brought you to. And we see this a lot in our world, don't we? We see people elevated, whether it's in the world of athletics, whether it's in the world of arts and entertainment, whether it's in the world of music, sometimes even in the church or in the world of business, we see people elevated to positions because they got charisma and they got a good smile and they can give good speeches in front of people or their sales were really good and they get elevated quickly into a position, but they don't have the integrity. And so when the heat gets turned up, what ends up happening? happening is they crack, but God cares too much about you to allow you to go through that process. And so that's why there is this process of pressing. This process of pressing, we even, we even skip over this in verses that we like to preach, like in the, in the book of Luke, and this is talking about giving, and this is talking about financial increase in our lives, and we, we, we give this scripture before we take an offering sometimes, and it goes something like this, give and it will be given to you, amen, a good measure, yes, pressed down, shaken together and running over, and we like to get to the running over, but until we get, before we get to the running over, what happened? It was pressed, and it was shaken. Pastor, could you preach more about the running over and less about the pressing and the shaking? Here's what would happen. We don't understand this verse in a, in a Western culture and Western society, but in the Eastern world, they would have these open markets in this day when this passage was, was written. And so Jesus would have understood this. He would have understood that somebody would go down to the open market and they would bring their, their vessel, they would bring their container and they would buy something like flour. And the merchant, because watch this, a good merchant, not a merchant that was trying to, that was trying to do what Lay's potato chips does to you. You thought you were buying this and you got this. That's why you don't have to feel guilty about eating the whole bag. (laughs) Eat a whole bag of Doritos today in Jesus' name. 
But a good merchant, a good a, a, a merchant, a merchant that didn't have a good heart, a merchant that didn't have a good, they would just scoop the flour in there and, and send you on the way. But a good merchant, a good merchant would scoop the flour in your container and then he would shake the container and then he would press it down and then he would scoop more flour and then he would shake the container and he would press it down and he would scoop more flour and then he would shake the container and he would press it down and then he would scoop more flour until that flour was running over God is shaking you and God is pressing you because he wants to give you increase he wants to give you more in your life he's a good merchant and that's why you're undergoing the shaking and that's why you're undergoing the pressing and then and then so if the shaking is about getting rid of what's bad the pressing the pressing is about your integrity the pressing is about God forming your integrity and then there's centering there's centering so even if I were to look at the center of this wheel and even if I were to to take this clay and kind of form that into the into a cube and and if I were to put that down in what looks like the center of the wheel and if I had a bucket of water because this process is messy and spiritual formation is messy and becoming what God wants you to become in your life is messy and being a good family for Jesus is messy and ministry is messy and if you want I'm just I'm just warning you now I'm just warning you if you want a nice neat church that has it all put together pastored by a pastor that is a nice neat pastor that has it all together I'll pray at the end and you can quietly slip out I'm just telling you this isn't it it's not like we try that's not an excuse for a lack of holiness don't misunderstand me that's not an excuse for for pursuing all but just this process and so you got to understand that God's in the middle of your messy family he's in the middle of your messy messy marriage he's in the middle of your messy job God works in messes and so then but we got to this process is so important we've got to make sure that this clay is centered so the wheel will start to spin and I would I'll get some water and then you'd open this clay up. And, and even though we did our best to place the clay in the center, once it starts spinning, once it starts spinning, once life starts moving at a faster rate of speed, sometimes you realize how off-center your life is. And if you don't take time to center what the pot, we, we say, go ahead and form me, shape me, God, get, the, get, get done. And God says, no, 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 I got I to gotta make sure you're centered. So the potter will raise it up in a cone and then push it back down again. And all, all he's doing, he's not building, he's not building, he's centering. And that's what you're doing when you're reading the word every day. Every day, here's what you're doing, you're centering. Jesus, you're the center of my life. Jesus, you're the center of my marriage. Jesus, you're the center of my parenting. Jesus, you're the center. It's so important that every day we take time to center because if we don't center, then we get off kilter when life starts moving really fast. And so there's, so there's the shaking and then there's this pressing and then there's the centering. And the final step in this process is a pulling is a pulling. And here's what happens with the pulling. So once the clay is centered, the potter will take one hand and place it on the inside, and the potter will take the other hand and place it on the outside. And what they're doing is they're building now the walls. They're shaping the vessel into um, 
you know, like, like a, a flower pot or, or uh, you know, a vase or one of the most holy vessels in the temple. I think that I'm reading, was reading Exodus correctly, that one of the most holy vessels in the temple was a coffee mug. Or it was something like that. I mean, you go back and read it for yourself if I'm misquoting that. But, but you, begin to, you begin to shape this. And the pulling, here's how pulling works. Pulling works by external pressure met by internal pushback. So there's an external pressure. Do you know what you have to do to walk through external pressure in your life? That's called breathing. That's called waking up in the morning. That's called taking one step out. You don't have to do anything to walk through external pressure in your life. Somebody's not going to like you. Something that you said is going to be misinterpreted. The boss is going to be mad at you. The coworker is going to try to take credit for the project that was your idea. In school, something's going to happen. Like, we just, that's called life, right? There's, a, there's an external pressure. But if we walk through life and all there is is external pressure, we collapse. And we see this all the time, people collapsing under pressure. And we get mad because we're like, God, why is there so much pressure? Because we don't, we don't pray those prayers. That's not a good, I wouldn't get very many people at the altar uh, of somebody praying a prayer like this. God, life has just been so easy. Things have been going my way. People have been treating me nice. God, could you give me a little more pressure? Like we, we usually don't pray. God, could you just increase the stress in my life? God, could you, could you increase the pressure? Usually we don't pray those prayers, but it, but it happens. And so what happens if we are going to grow, if the capacity, because pooling is about capacity and God wants to increase your capacity. So in order to increase your capacity, the internal pushback against the external pressure has to be there. So watch this. The enemy is going to push at you. There is going to be external pressure in your marriage. There's going to be external pressure in your parenting. There's going to be external pressure in your health. How do we grow? How are we pulled? How does God increase the capacity in our lives? We need to have some holy pushback. You can't push back with your emotions. You can't push back with your opinions. You can't push back. You've got to push back with the word of God. The things that are coming against you in your life, they are not greater than the word of God. Come on, how about a people with some holy pushback? Our society is being pressed. Our culture is being pressed. We need people, we need Christians who are not mean and angry, but are standing for truth, standing for righteousness, that say, no, excuse me, I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to push back because the word of God says this. And that's what you got to do over your own heart and learn over your own life when the worry comes and when the anxiety comes and when the stress comes and when the pressure comes, you come back with some holy pushback and say, my God has given me the confidence. God, you're the champion. God, you're undefeated. What you're doing is you are moving from relying on your emotions to relying on the word of God and And that's how your life is built. That's how your life is built. So God and I 
had a little, had a little wrestling match about this closing because I wanted him to give me the closing on Wednesday because I had a lot to do and he didn't give me the closing on Wednesday. Now I came in yesterday after a, a, another funeral service for an amazing man of God, former board member at our, our church. I was going over this message and he started, Lord started giving me the, the closing, what he wants to do in your life, I believe. And I, I wanted it all. And he wouldn't, wasn't giving me all of it. And it was right before the eight o'clock service. And Pastor Bill was looking for me. He comes back. He's like, where are you? Are you going to, you know, am I going to have to preach this? I'm like, yeah, I'm wrestling with the Lord. He's just finally now given, given me this. And here's what I, here's what to the best of my ability, I felt like the, the Lord said. Because the pooling is about Capacity. And I said this to the Lord. I said, God, why don't, why don't you do more in the world? And I felt like the Lord said, it's a, it's a capacity issue. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, people are filled with, with junk. And I said, what kind of junk? And the word that I heard was they're full of themselves. How many of you know the devil is so tricky? He's so, tr- he's so tricky. So if the, if the enemy were to come up to you this morning and say, um, Philip, I would like you to take a, Philip makes awesome tables and like he's good with wood and stuff like that. And I was bragging on him bragging on myself to him because I cut a stump and put it on my porch. I'm like, look, I made a table. I was, I was, I was so proud. I've been showing everybody my table. But if the enemy, Philip, if the enemy came to you and said, Philip, I want you to take that piece of wood and carve it into your own image, the image of Philip, and bring it up to the altar, and I want you to worship that image, you would be like, time out, blasphemy. You know, something like none of us, probably, none of us are going to fall for that. But the enemy, that's not how the enemy works. He's not blatant about it. I want, you to, I want you to watch how sneaky the enemy has been in our culture and our society. So what's the ultimate sin? The ultimate sin is pride. And what is pride? It's all about self. So I want you to listen to these words. Do you hear them a lot in our culture? Self-care. Now, I feel, the, I feel the pushback already. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad at you for getting a spa on your vacation. Mama, I'm not mad when, when dad comes home and you push the babies off and you say, I need 15 minutes. <laughs> I get it. But when you're using phrases like self-care, have, have you heard the phrase, um, living my best life. Have you, heard the, have you heard the phrase, being my best self? I don't mean to break bad news to you, but on your best day, you're worthy of the fires of hell on your own. The Bi- those aren't my words. Those aren't an angry preacher's words. The Bible just says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. 
And so any time, what happens is any time we focus on self, what happens in this vessel is it begins to be filled with pride. And so the answer is not being self-centered. The answer is being Christ-centered. And when you're focused on Christ, then he begins to fill you with his goodness. See, the Bible flips all of this stuff on your head. It's not that God doesn't want you to take care of yourself. It's not that God doesn't want you to be fulfilled. But if you start with self, you'll lose everything every time but if you start with Jesus you win didn't say it would be easy but you win with heads bowed with eyes closed could we just do a bit of self-examination right now and just say God if there's any pride if there's any pride, if I allowed any pride into my heart, if I allowed anything within myself into my heart, and if you have, would you just, would you just repent of that and just say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for being selfish in my, my marriage. Forgive me for being selfish in my, my single adult and putting myself before. Forgive me for being selfish in my, in my ministry. Forgive me for being selfish. Whatever it is, just ask him to forgive you. And then would you just, Pray something like, God, I submit to the process. I submit to the process. I believe with all of my heart. Would you stand across this room and would you look at me? I believe with all of my heart that God wants to increase capacity. I believe revival is coming. I believe a move of God is coming. And I believe that God wants to start in the church. And he wants to increase your capacity to be able to hold and to be able to to contain the move of God that he wants to do. But it takes some shaking. It takes some pressing. It takes some centering. It takes some pulling. One more time, God, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice that you would say this today, somebody here would say this. I don't have a relationship with the potter. I'm off, I'm off center. Maybe you feel like your life is spinning out of control and you're off center. Sir, center is not your finances. Center is Jesus. Mom, center is not the business. The center is Jesus. Single adult, the center is not college. Teenager, the center is not sports. The center is always Jesus. And so I need, to, I need to pray a prayer for people that are off center. If you're off center with every head bowed and every eye closed, you would just say, Pastor, my life is off center. Would you pray for me? I want to find my center in Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand all across this room? Come on, just be honest before the Lord. I said this is a room of messy people, and that's okay. I got you, I got you. Just put your hand up and right back down. Pastor, my life's off center. My, my marriage is off center. My Whatever, it's off center. I need to find my center. Just raise your hand and you couldn't put it right back down. And then I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Everybody in the room, can we pray this prayer together? Can we just say, Jesus, forgive me. I come to you. Be the center of my life. I receive you into my heart. I want to live for you all of my days in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, can you give the Lord praise because he is the center of our lives.